On today's episode, The Boys is back on Amazon, and Eric Kripke's show is one of the biggest ones they've had, right? Yep, it's like insane with viewership. Mm-hmm. We watched season one, and we both watched the season premiere. If you haven't seen it, you should probably not listen to this yet. Yes, yeah, Because we're going to be talking definitely. about all the spoilers, all the stuff that goes on, all the milk that was drank in the most disgusting scene <laughs> that I've probably seen in quite some time. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, we have gory things happen in this show. You have heads exploding. You have people getting run over. Their Guts, arms being yeah. cut off right in front of you. But when he heated up that milk, I had to turn my eyes away. Well, apparently the comic book is like even a lot more shocking than the TV show. Like, for example, Butcher's wife in the TV show has a kid with uh, Homelander, but in the comic book, she's dead after being sexually assaulted by like Black Noir. So, oh no! Apparently, they have like a tamer version in the TV show, which is a tamer version of Black Noir. A tamer version of the overall story. Like, for example, Butcher, like Butcher's wife, when she has a kid, mm-hmm. um, it kills her first off. But then Butcher needs to kill it because the kid starts attacking him, and it's like a little baby. So he kills the little baby, and that kind of sets up his revenge arc um, against Homelander, because Black Noir was dressed up as Homelander when he did it, and uh, against the soups in general in yeah, the comic so book. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, at the end of last season, we were left with uh, Homelander having kidnapped Billy Butcher yeah. and brought him to the house. And then the next scene we see with Billy Butcher... He's returned at the very ending of this episode, and we have no explanation as to where he was this right. whole time. But but the important thing to note about the last scene in the first season was that we saw that um, Homelander had had a kid with his ex-wife. Yeah, but why would Billy Butcher had not have then, like, like, how is he still alive? Or more importantly, how has he not reached out to these people? Like since then. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just been on his own mission. That I wasn't a huge fan of how they ended it because it feels like we're going to get Billy Butcher episode. And some of the times those can be the best episodes of TV shows when not they when call, when they call secondary characters. But most of the time, they're not that great. <laughs> I actually really like this episode because the majority of the plot followed uh, storylines I was really interested in. Like Homelander's storyline, it feels like this season that he's smarter or at least more strategic. Mm-hmm. In the first season, he was kind of held back by Madeline, his obsession with her. Yeah. But in this season, he was like pure straight evil. I really like the scene between him and Edgar that happened like 10 minutes before the episode ended. I thought that that was a cool like power dynamic shift scene. Yeah, absolutely. And that scene also worked to give us some information about Vought, the company that we didn't have before. So not only were we seeing Homelander get put in his place a bit for not being as powerful as he thought he was, uh, but we also get kind of a backstory that relies around uh, World War II and Nazi Germany. And mm-hmm. it's funny because a lot of this show likes to do satire with what we already expect to see in the world today. Yeah. And one of the things that our superhero comics rely on a lot are backstories. And a lot of our superheroes have roots in like Nazi type uh, yeah, fighting yeah. Nazis or for instance like Superman I know came out very soon after World War II or during World War II. And of course you have Wonder Woman and you also have Hellboy and then Captain if you look America at also. Yeah, but that's the Marvel universe and with Marvel they've even gone a step further because Hydra, that whole organization was supposed to be an offspring of Nazis and that's kind of what Vought reminds me of right now, is that they have so much ingrained to the whole idea of Formula V or whatever, Compound, Compound v, v, that uh, they're dependent upon that type of thinking. And also, if you look at 
Homelander to begin with. He's blonde hair, blue eyes, and he hates cripples, as we've seen when he meets Blind Spot. Very American, also wanting to be put in the military and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they were making fun of patriotism or mocking patriotism a lot in this episode. Not only with the fact that they were actually on a set when they were doing that commercial for (laughs) the... I mean, he can fly. He can go anywhere in the world that he wants. And instead, they decide to do this full setup with a set instead of just having him actually go to a place that needs uh, his help. Exactly, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the Justice League because the boys was originally supposed to be the comics um, by DC. Like, DC was supposed to be releasing these comics, but after issue six, DC was like, look, we're going to cancel you unless you tone it down. And then the creators were like, no, we're not going to tone this thing down. And then they got canceled. But due to the popularity of the six comics, like, right afterwards, the Monday after, like, production companies came in and were like, hey, we'll fund you, we'll fund you. When was this? Because recently comics have gotten or have appeared to have gotten more rope when it comes to what they can and can't show. If you look at Preacher or Deadpool or Kick-Ass, any of these ones that like to make fun of how dark some comics are and push the barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cancellation came in January of 2007, but it's funny you bring up Preacher because Garth Innes did Preacher. He also did uh, The Boys. And and, and for The Boys, he said, I'm going to out-preacher Preacher. Well, I mean, Seth Rogen is involved in both no, projects. No, I'm talking about the comic books, though. Yeah, yeah, so he's got a relationship with it being brought over to the small right, screen. Which makes though. sense why Seth Rogen showed up in this episode. Yeah, talk about like an easy way to just prop up your own show. Yeah, just make but, an appearance. But I have to say, that that was funny. And then Chris Hansen's, I did not expect him to actually show up in the uh, cameo performance. Yeah, that the cameos funny. were good, but I also thought that the acting of the fake Billy um, yeah. Boxer, what, what's his name Billy again? Butcher. Yeah, the 48 hours knockoff that we saw uh, was was pretty funny as well because they kept on replaying it at different areas. They they put a lot of detail into these backgrounds and making sure that they're poking jabs at as many people as they possibly can. I really like the focus group as well. Yeah, that, that was funny as well. Yeah. But the like Eric Kripke has said that they put a lot of time into this thing. Like they shoot thirty or forty versions of like each shot, and he says they've been annoyed that seems at like a waste room. of money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Amazon threw like as much money as they could at this thing when they realized it was happening. Um, okay, did you find anything negative said about this season? Because to me, it was like I enjoyed watching the, uh, Homelander. I enjoyed actually the Scientology. I think that's what they were going towards with. Um, uh, the Deep's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kept showing him like spiraling out of control and then getting saved by that archer dude. And then they had this person who came off like a therapist but then says she hates therapy. And yeah. they kept on uh, giving him these frescas. And as soon as she pulls out that book asking him to join her church or whatever, I'm like, oh, this could be Scientology because you have someone who has fallen from grace, who's pretty famous. That's the exact type of people that Scientologists look for because they're rich, they can afford to do it, and they can also come out on their side. And it's like, oh, look who just joined our squad of or our cult. Um, yeah, and, and the Deep's uh, storyline also reminded me of BoJack Horseman because they were like, hey, we can make it seem like you've like recovered and we can bring you back into the media and bring you back into the seven. Oh, it doesn't seem like he's recovered at all. If you but, mean but, that but he's... They're, but they're trying to show the media that he's recovered. Like, that's the storyline that they're going with. Not really, because the media kept showing all these things... That that had him like spiraling, spiraling even further. Yeah, but I'm saying that the therapists and the I don't think that that they're in control of Vought. I don't think Vought's doing this. I think that that is a separate organization, and they're trying to get him into it so that he's like. And when they said, "Why do you keep mistreating women?" Like a lot of people who've joined Scientology 
have like a past of abusive like yeah. things that they've sort of protected them from. Yeah. And I don't want to get too involved in that, but I was thought about the Hyde character from that '70s show. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And, and another thing I liked, like an issue that they kind of addressed, was celebrity death, like the translucence funeral. <laughs> they yeah. they were not afraid to show like people cashing in on it, and I was like, yeah, that that does make sense. Like so many people do cash in on celebrities' deaths, like, and they were selling shirts and plates, and I was like, that's kind of a good representation of how that kind of goes. Yeah. So they were mocking America, mocking religion, mocking consumerism, mocking law and order, mocking patriotism, <laughs> mocking capitalism, but the limit to their satire though because we can always comment and gush about how great it was that they did that um is that when you got to the hero's storyline it felt like they were kind of dragging their feet Mm -hmm. to me because the villains are so clearly villains yeah they they don't have a lot of sides to them it's like yeah you're evil and you might have had like a tough childhood but you're still evil while the villain by the good guys are also somewhat evil yeah, so, and I felt so it's like, hard to side with them. Well, yeah, I mean, I felt like Huey's storyline, like, I understand it's the basis of the show, but I can do without him talking about Robin's death again. Like, he talked about it a lot in the first season. It happened, it was a good scene, but, like, I felt like he brought it up I felt like he was lot. less mad this season. Like, before he was hell-bent on revenge, and now he's kind of more fearful as to the repercussions of what happened last season. Yeah, and... And another thing about having all four of them or five of them on the run is that it's impossible that they wouldn't have been seen, especially right. with... Yeah, when, like, when Huey They're walking his, around New York, right? Yeah, Huey literally just put up his jacket and was in, like, his hood and was expecting that to work, and it somehow did. And it's yeah, like you've got not only just the normal, like, police... Like, in today's day and age, I'm pretty sure no one could pull that off where we are with yeah. technology, let alone with super-powered people looking for you. I'm pretty Not sure. to mention the fact he's meeting someone famous like Starlight. And I like, can't think that this show doesn't understand that. So I think he's probably being watched by Vaughn. Probably. Yeah. Probably the group of them are. And well, they've and got think- some grand plan. And that's why Billy Butcher's character isn't dead yet because i think either homelander or someone is just keeping tabs on them and i think susan's death kind of proved that because they were like ross probably uh looking over us like they knew what was going on with her investigation and didn't care because they knew they had a fail safe option the second she she starts talking about it um you know her head exposed the thing is also though the comic book like dives in deep to huey storyline mother milk storyline um, Mother Frenchy Milk seemed story. angrier this season. He definitely did, yeah. Like, he was no longer as much comic relief as he was kind of just, like, gruff, I'm angry dude. I'm not going to up, yeah. Yeah, until the very end when he's kind of giving, like, I don't actually want to beat you up. I just want to be with my family. I understood that. But at the same time, I missed his character being nicer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But, yeah, they also deep in, uh, go deep into Frenchie's storyline. If you want to talk about things fans aren't as big on uh it's the fact that they don't go into those storylines they really just focus on huey and butcher storyline and the tv show as opposed to the comic books um but yeah. and what is butcher like besides just this gruff middle-aged angry dude who seems like he could ride around on a motorcycle that was sort of my problem in the first season he wasn't as compelling as he was to some people like i realize there are some huge billy butcher fans <laughs> out there but i would i'm actually more of a black noir 
Yeah, like, no, yeah. Like I'm so such a big fan. I think he should get his own Carl, TV show, Carl, yeah. his own spin-off. I think I think part of the reason for Black Noir's appeal is the fact that he does know a storyline. I think it'd be a really big mistake if they were to give him one because I think he does really he well need just a story being, Yeah, exactly. It can just be him being kicked I, ass and beating up people for like my, 30 minutes. Probably one of my favorite scenes from the first season is when the piano player is playing and then he just sits down and the piano player stops playing and it's like, oops, sorry, and then gets up and Black Noir starts playing the piano. I found that funny. Yeah, um, give him a little subtlety as well as just being a killing machine i found it interesting where he took everyone out in syria like pretty awesome yeah it was badass they released that in the trailer i think beforehand about a month ago but i when i watched it again especially with the song choice that they were in speaking of song choice they used the rolling stones they used billy joel and i think those are like probably eric kripke's decisions yeah. like he probably is like who can we get and get the rights to quick yeah. enough um he also brought in Bobby from Supernatural. I think Bobby was in the first season too, though. Yeah, but I mean, that's I didn't remember yeah. that, so that was cool to see him again. Any specific reason why you think that they only brought in Stan Edgar's character, the big bad boss, for a special guest star appearance? Like, I thought that he'd be labeled a... or he'd be added to the cast as starring role. Yeah, well, the show is only released three episodes today, and they're oh, going really? to release the rest weekly, as opposed to the first season, which just released all of them at the same time, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, if you look at HBO, Apple, now Amazon, I guess, they're all fo- following right. that formula, and it reminds me of, like, a crackhead or a crack addict when they're like, we're going to give them the first few doses for free, and then once we got them hooked... They're ours. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kripke said that the reason that they made this switch was because um, they want viewers to digest the information. No, I don't buy that. Yeah, but the real reason is because uh, they saw Watchmen and The Mandalorian and how well they benefited off of just releasing episodes weekly, and they were like, oh, we can do that. That's what the speculation is, at least. I'd say the speculation is much clearer. It's Every one of these platforms is subscription-based, which means they make money the longer that you're subscribed yeah, to them. That's true as well. So if they have you for what 10 more weeks con- like having to pay for a subscription rather than binge watching it all in one day and then canceling your subscription you, they, they've made a lot of money right yeah but the thing i don't like about it except for that is also the fact that like you have to wait and you can't just binge it like if i'm gonna watch the boys i kind of want to just binge it and okay get it over with. let's let's get back to the actual show because well, right now we're going yeah. off on a tangent the, so this has tried to be a lot of different things um on a lot of different platforms like it's, it was mean? supposed to be a movie originally oh okay so the with boys adam itself. yeah with the adam mckay uh writing it I thought you were going to say Adam Driver. And Even, I was like, that yeah. would have been a cool character. <laughs> um, if he played Black Noir, <laughs> he just rips <laughs> off his mask like he did in Star Wars. And, like, you hear the audience just... <gasps> <laughs> yeah. It's him, no. But um, in 2013, they, like, signed on with Paramount. And Adam McKay was supposed to write it. Um, and then plans for that fell through. It was originally supposed to be on Cinemax. But then Eric Kripke kind of talked to the people. And Cinemax, surprisingly, was like, yeah, that's beyond our budget. And they were like, okay. So then finally Amazon Prime... Uh, picked it up and they were able to uh, do it this way. Eric Kripke said though, the, he's really, really passionate about this project because he wasn't able to do Preacher. Like he even spoke to huh. someone who was... Preacher, uh, Preacher ended up pretty good though. Like, yeah, and he, well he spoke to someone who worked on Preacher. And, Seth Rogen. Well no, not Seth James Rogen. James Franklin. Ori Marmer. <laughs> that was his name. Okay. And he was like, I just want to say fuck you for giving Preacher to someone else. <laughs> so he, he was pretty passionate. He wanted to do that. So wow. I found that interesting. Yeah. I guess they weren't a fan of Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Well, 
as of now, like, they have future plans for this thing. Like, they've already cast Jensen Ackles in Season 3, so you're not even going to see him this season, but you're going to see him in Season uh, 3. And they will slowly adapt the full Supernatural cast until you're literally <laughs> just watching that show Another again. Somehow it will transform itself into his old TV show. And so they're supposed to start shooting Season 3 at the very beginning of 2021, and, I, and yeah, it's already been renewed, obviously. So. so they can cash those paychecks, is what you're saying. Yep. Um, except for Translucent, which I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Speaking of Translucent's funeral, though, you had Stargirl, what's her face? Starlight, yeah. Yeah, all right, so we have Starlight, and she's wearing the uniform, I think, that she disagreed to so much in the first season. And that is in the comic books, yeah. Yeah, but she I was surprised to see her wearing it, but I guess that she's just following the command structure at, at this, this point, point, trying yeah. not to raise too many red flags. Mm-hmm. Where was the red-haired girl, the other one, Queen Maeve or whatever? Yeah, they didn't say. They didn't she she showed up for that one scene, but it seemed like maybe she was, I don't know, took she got sick during the shooting yeah, or something and well, they wrote her out. <laughs> well, I think that, that like you're supposed to be wondering and they're probably going to explain it later on. Well, the, it would be weirder if she wasn't in any of the episode, but by including her in that small scene, it showed she was still around. So I, I thought maybe I'd missed something where she had, like, something had happened yeah. in the last episode. And speaking of which, what do you think of Stormfront, the new girl that joined? I think that they really needed a millennial's point of view and that they couldn't get Blindspot because his ears were hurting. I like that thing. Yeah. So <laughs> they needed to get her on board so that she could stream her TikToks and uh, her Instagram posts and hope that they could get enough views for... Well, speaking about, like, kind of different <laughs> backgrounds and stuff, um, Frenchie is actually an Israeli TV star, so I found it cool how they kind of brought him over and they were like, here... Like, here's your role. Huh. What'd you think of Gecko? I found him a strange character. Like, I... His whole entire... Yeah, he's a gecko. No, I know, but I didn't understand why we had to see this scene of him getting his arm chopped off. He works for the company that produces Compound V, so she needed an in, and she realized that just asking him for it probably wasn't going to get it done. That said, though, it was just another use of them saying that children were being indoctrinated. What surprised me was that they did a throwaway line that said that half the superheroes were aware that they their powers came from Compound V, right? Right, yeah. So does that mean that uh, 50% is a ton of the heroes? Mm-hmm. So it's surprising to me that it, that secret wouldn't have gotten out already. Yeah, and that follows the comic books as well. Um, but I think but it's that, that high. I thought maybe like ten percent of the people would know about that. Another thing is, it seems like you only need one dose of it because I don't see everybody taking. No, yeah, yeah, I just can't. But... However, in the first season, there was that one girl who did. Right? Are you talking about... But that was uh, only to, like, enhance... Are you talking about A-Train's girlfriend? Yeah, A-Train himself. Remember, A-Train was, like, continually giving himself more. So it seems like it gives you powers, but then it only heightens your powers once you have them, and that heighten doesn't stay forever. It also could be, like, lead you to mortality, because A-Train suffers the heart attack at the end of season one. Yeah, it's literally like crack. Yeah. So this show has been a critical success as an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes for the first season, and then even higher for the Ooh, second season. Ooh, an 84%. That's not even that high, is it? Like, on Rotten Tomatoes, at least 100% I've seen Well, on IMDb, it has an 8.7, which is yeah, incredibly high. Yeah, I'm not high. disagreeing that it's been universally acclaimed. And, and the episode that we watched had an 8.7 as well, even though that'll probably change because this is the first day it came is, out. Is your favorite character Homelander? 
Yeah, because I like because I I don't think Banshee's a great show, but I like Banshee, and when I saw him in this, I was like, yeah. Have you heard anything from him talking about or comparing the two shows? No, okay. I, I, well, he's Australian, right, or something. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's, he's not Australian, an and, and that's why I was <laughs> he's not American. That's why I found it funny, like that they went to Cinemax because that's where Banshee was, and I was like, huh, is that the reason why he was cast? But that wouldn't really make much sense. We ought to mention the ending of the episode when. Um, Hugh's character lies to Starlight again. Huey's character, yeah. Yeah, but she calls him Hugh. Um, and he basically is given the ultimatum of, like, if you lie to me again, it's not, like, I'm, it's unforgivable. Right, yeah. And he still does. Like, what does he think is going to happen? That the little chip's just going to suddenly explode in her brain? I think that's what we're supposed to believe as an audience. But I think it's just such a clearly stupid decision to yeah. do so. That he should have just told her. Yeah, like, especially after she forgave him the first time. Or maybe asked her to meet him somewhere outside. Like, I get that With he's super guys. scared. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess my main discomfort is that I know that later on, it's just going to waste, like, scene after scene of them yeah, fighting. And it's not actually going to produce anything. Because eventually, eventually far on, they're probably going to mend things again. But this just creates that uh, untying of a shoelace, which I had hoped would be tied up yeah Yeah. and this is only eight episodes and it's probably going to be like brought up like four or five episodes from now so it's going to be probably if not sooner she'll probably figure it out pretty soon that he was lying Uh, i meant the mending thing yeah Yeah. oh okay yeah the other girl character the asian one from last season i forget what her name is did we ever even get a name from her yeah we did the little paper mache thing that she had and she said boy do we know anything about that no, I don't think, no. Okay, is it, because she was found being, like, tortured, right? Does she right, have a superpower? Yeah. yeah, well, she's really good at fighting, like, she yeah, took she's on Black really Noir. Oh, yeah, 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 now I remember that. Okay, well, I'm curious as to what happens to her. I feel like she's still a little underdeveloped. Yeah, um, hopefully they can give her more of a story this season. Yeah, I wonder, and this might just be pure speculation, but the heroes are called the Seven, and that's sort of an ironic name of because most of them are made up of evil people, right? right? Yeah. What if the the good guys squad becomes seven members? Because they're already at like five, and if Starlight joins them, then they're at six, and well, they could become a better seven. Yeah, but if Starlight joins, then she's probably not gonna be in the seven, unless you're saying she would be like a double agent. No, I'm saying that, like, what if we're watching the development of the Seven, and the real Seven are the good guys and not the bad guys? I don't know. It's it's That seems far off. But go ahead. Anything else to say? Yeah. Do you remember The Tick? The Tick show that came out? Yeah. Yeah, it canceled. got canceled, unfortunately. It was a funny show. I know it wasn't everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. But apparently it was, it was like, $5 million per episode was put into it. So mm-hmm. for the boys, Eric Kupke even noted, like, this is the most budget he's ever had for any show. I mean, the tick was 30 minutes long, so you double that to a 60-minute, you get $10 million an episode? Maybe, yeah, around there. I guess if he's used to CW budgets. Oh, yeah. Then it's then it's much different. But the Preacher uh, show must have been pretty expensive, too, had he gotten that one yeah, for AMC, because yeah. if you look at the special effects in that... Yeah, I guess I remember the pilot from it, and there was, like, a ton of money that was, like, put into that. The pilot doesn't even come close to later on with some of the stuff that they do underground, and... I think we've talked about everything that we can for this episode in season two, episode one of The Boys. And so I think we'll call it here and we'll see you next time on the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye.